All right, coffee time. Coffee time. I didn't do dishes over the weekend, so the pour over is still in the dishwasher, but I'm using this French press. All right, I got a cup of coffee. When you're here, what else do we need, right? Here we go. Three, two, Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Today is Monday. It is May 17th, 2021. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. That's very warm. That's one of the downsides of the French press in this equation. Coffee stays warmer, longer. By now, it's usually cooled off a little bit, so I can actually you know, have a drink. That was barely a sip. My lips barely taste like coffee now. Problems, right? Monday problems. Well, it's Monday because we just had a weekend. I hope you had a fabulous weekend. I hope whatever you did was great. I did, what did I do? I went for a very long walk with a friend and a dog on Saturday. And yesterday, a friend came over and we did a whole bunch of gardening and went out to eat. And it was, uh, it was overall, it was a really good day. Rain last night. It's getting ready to plant. This coming weekend is a big planting weekend. So got to get everything ready. And we did not get everything ready over yesterday. Digging these trenches was hot, miserable work. Uh, I'm converting an area of my lawn to a garden. That's tough work. No power tools. No rototiller, so that's okay. As I was falling asleep last night, I came up with a way I think might be better. I was like, oh, I wish I would thought of that yesterday. It's okay. How many, how many feet of road did we do? We did, I think we dug in probably a good 100, 125 feet of rows. So it's, there's a lot of gardening space going on. Good morning, Frank. Frank is here joining us. Anything else going on? I'm sure plenty of things happen. Oh, it's Monday. There's an episode. Let's see if it's out. Let me check. Frank says, over the weekend I had first cup with Jeremy withdrawal pain, so I thought I better come back this morning to get my fix. <laughs> you know, I do miss you guys on the weekend. Uh, whether or not you realize it, I still get up at almost the same time. Part of it is just this is what I've acclimated to, and part of it's the cat, because she's acclimated to it. And, you know, I get up and I have my coffee and I'm usually sitting here and there's just no show. Does anybody remember back, way back, way back in the day when I was doing this show seven days a week? Yeah. When we started, it was seven days a week whenever I woke up. Let's see. Where is this? Where's YouTube on here? Whose show is out? Oh, that's whose show is out. Oh, pardon me. There he is. Sifu Herb Mayor. Good morning, Stacy. Well, this was a fun one. This guy knows a bunch of stuff. We had some great conversation. Um, he's been a, in, a supporter of what we've been doing since he found out about us. And I think, let's see, I'm trying to remember the, the, 
got the flow. How he, Somebody recommended him, I think it was a past guest, and then we started talking with him, got him booked, and the next thing I know, he's, you know, he's doing some very supportive things, and I'm not going to be more specific than that. But, you know, support comes from all over the place, and I appreciate everyone who supports what we're doing. So go check out that episode. Now, later today, what's going on? Uh, over the weekend, Julius got me the draft of the audio version of Faith, the novel. So I have to review that as soon as possible so we can get it launched. My hope is that, that will, we will get that material over to Amazon Audible this week. So I'm going to start listening to that in between things. And I'm not going to enjoy it because it's my own voice. Excuse me, and I don't like listening to my own voice. Listening to me tell a story. <laughs> Not something I, I really want to do. But it's got to get done, right? Um, that will probably take precedence over... Well, I don't know. No, I'll probably work on the... I'll work on the flexibility program this morning. Because at the stage I'm at... I want to get that finished and start taking notes on how the program's going to form. Right now, it's kind of the book, it's the scientific accompaniment that justifies the program. That's when we roll this out, people are going to go, that's not how stretching works, you're wrong. My instructor said, I once read a book that said... <laughs> this is going to be... Do you guys remember when we did the episode where I interviewed a man named Gary Reinel about why icing injuries is bad? Not just not effective, but actually bad. It was, we had two reactions to that. We had a lot of people being very quiet because we shattered a paradigm something that people believed was I think most people if they listen to that episode would agree was disproven through logic he's not citing scientific papers although he can he does have that have enough of a background that he could convey in that way but audio really isn't a good way to do that and then we had a couple people who disagreed but I don't even think listened to the episode Whatever. Those people don't matter to me. And then we do this. Where there are a handful of physical disciplines where flexibility is considered not only important but aspirational. Martial arts being one of them. And people think they know how to get more flexible. They don't. Because what they were taught was wrong. Not intentionally, not because people teaching them were trying to do bad things. They just didn't know better. And so as I worked on this last week, I started wondering, you know, do people actually want to know when they're wrong? And on, I think it was Thursday, maybe Friday, I posted on Facebook, on my personal Facebook page, if one of your closely held beliefs could be disproven, would you want to know? And almost everybody said yes. 
initially everyone was saying yes. And then you started hearing some people, I think I had one person say no. And then there were some people trying to, to carve out some room for nuance with semantics. And they were, they were take, playing fast and loose with the word disproven. If something can be proven, it can be proven. And that is based on our current understanding, you know, science, data, research, whatever. Disproven would be the same thing through the use of data and research and facts and studies and whatever, things that are, are held to be reasonably above scrutiny. That doesn't mean it's infallible. It doesn't mean it can't be the, the, the claim can't be um, later invalidated, but disproven. And so that was what that was about. Do people want to know that their flexibility training is wrong? Do people want to know that touching your toes and holding it for 30 seconds is not the best way? And depending on the circumstances, may increase risk of injury, um, and really it's just a waste of time. Do they want to know that? And the most, I mean, based on that very simple study, most of them do. Not study, survey. So. I think I've got enough people in my, in my circles Unfortunately, not all martial artists, but people of a scientific background who I can get to contribute to this. I've got some doctors. I've got some physical therapists. I've got some people that are in, actually the physical therapist, um, more or less, if it were not for politics, likely would have earned his black belt in Aikido. So actually, he's a good person to do this. But I'm going to get a handful of people to do forwards and add some credibility. To what I'm doing. So when we do launch it, here's this free program that's endorsed by doctors and physical therapists and other people in and outside of the martial arts. Maybe then people will listen. We'll see. What else is going on today? Um, we've got some programs. What? That doesn't make sense. Uh, I have some meetings. See, my brain is not firing in full yet. Frank says, in other words, most people's knowledge of flexibility is stretching the truth. Nice, Frank. <laughs> oh, Frank. Always, always looking for that opportunity to sneak that joke in. I, I appreciate it. What else? Oh, before we move on, uh, plants. All the all but one of the indoor plants are outside on the porch, acclimating to being outside. They're in, they're on the front porch where they are out of direct sunlight, but they will stay out there for a while. And as it gets warmer, they'll get more sun, and eventually I'll put some of them on the back porch and avoid what I did last year was put them outside on the hottest weekend of the year after not having them outside at all, so they could get sunburned because plants get sunburned, sun scald. Apparently it's called. I did not know this until last year when I came home and my plants had nearly died. I think I only lost one of them out of it. But it was crazy. Who knew? I don't know. Now I know. 
And I started putting out um, my uh, the little seedlings. There's a small table that are ready to go. And so those, those went outside. And I'll put them back outside again today. Start getting them ready. <sighs> All right. Well, I think it's time to move on. Let's see what you all gave me to talk about. Um. All right, so May is Asian American Month, and Frank's given us an some quotes from another great Asian American, Robert Kiyosaki. And if you don't know him, he is probably most famously known for writing the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's a really good book. I've listened to it, not read it, but it's good. And I would encourage everyone, if you, here's the thing. There are a lot of books out there that here's how you get rich and here's, a, there's no formula for getting rich all BS but there is an attitude that will help you save and I wouldn't even just call it saving there is an attitude that will help you become better off financially and I have my own ideas about it and I've never read a book that has done a better job of expressing most of what I've come to figure out on my own because I didn't have good instruction on this than Rich Dad Poor Dad so if you are someone who gets to the end of the month or the end of the week and you're going, ah, I can't keep doing this the rest of my life, read that book. It's not going to hurt. It's going to help. There are ways. <sighs> Don't be addicted to money. Work to learn. Don't work for money. Work for knowledge. This is something people forget. They misunderstand. Think of it this way. Do you go to the least expensive martial arts school you can find? Or do you go to the school that has the best instruction in what you want? You could go to a cheaper school. You could save money. Is the value there? Now, why don't you take a job simply because it pays? Let's say you've got two jobs. Let's say one of them is entry level and let's not call it entry level. Let's say one of them utilizes skills that you know and you are good at and it's going to pay you $20 an hour. And let's say there's another job where they love the fact that you have these skills and you're going to get to use some of them, but there are other things they want you to do that you don't know well yet, but you're going to get the opportunity to learn. Maybe they're even going to help you learn. Maybe they're going to send you back to school or they have a, a program within the company and they're going to pay you $18 an hour. Which one do you take? Now, most people are going to take the $20 an hour job because it's the thing that they're good at and they make more money. But here's the problem, you are now capped there. 
Are you gonna develop those skills further? Maybe a little bit. Are they gonna give you raises? Yeah, maybe, you know, cost of living ways, cost of living raises. But are you going to become a more versatile employee? Probably not. But if the $18 an hour job, you develop new skills. And then after a couple of years, if they don't wanna keep you on and give you 20, 22, $24 an hour, you start looking around. Hey, I've got this skill set, but I've also got this skill set. Oh, okay. Well, we'll give you $25 an hour. And that's how you move up. That's the best way to move up. And people miss that. People hire based on skills and experience. And if your job doesn't give you the opportunity to get better at things, it doesn't create an opportunity for you to make more money. In my consulting work, the reason people hire me is because I have a versatile set of skills. I am not the best at any of the things that I do. I can make you a website. I am far from the best or even a great web designer. I can handle your social media. I can write for you. I can do a whole bunch of things to help your business grow. Because my whole pitch is that I know how to do all of these things and how they interrelate. If you want the best accountant, that's not me but I can still take a look at your books and understand what's going on. I could take my skill set and get a job anywhere, literally anywhere. Um, even in Vermont, I could probably go into just about any company and get a job in the 60, $70,000 a year range, probably without, without a lot of work because I have a lot of experience with a lot of different things. Now, that's not the track that I'm on because I'm trying to keep whistle kick going. And to a lot of people, 60, 70K isn't a lot of money, especially in some parts of the country. But here in Vermont, it is. Um, you know, we have a lot of people working at, you know, 15, $18 an hour. Frank says, Kiyosaki himself took several pay cuts in his youth. He learned a lot from the military, for instance. Yeah. Or Stacy said, or you get a job where you may be the best at what you do and they're willing to educate and train you along the way for career succession. She says like her workplace. And that's awesome. And that is rare. And that's great. And if you have the opportunity to do that, you should. The most successful people I know in person and you know via the internet have really clung to this idea. Take a job, not for what it will pay you, but what it will teach you. Moving on. I mean, what's more martial arts than that? Right? We don't do the same form over and over and over again. We learn new ones. We learn new skills, new techniques. We recognize that developing new stuff makes us a more versatile martial artist, which makes us a better martial artist. This right here, this may be my favorite thing out of the book. Never say you cannot afford something. This is a poor, that is a poor man's attitude. Ask how to afford it. Here's a great example. And this is, you know, I'm peeling back the curtain here. This is, this is kind of personal, but I'm, I'm going to share it. Um, back in 2018, when I traded in my 11-year-old Toyota 4Runner that I absolutely loved and honestly regret getting rid of. I should not have. I should have taken the money I put into new cars like that stupid Mazda 
and heck, for all the money I've burned on cars, I could have bought a new engine, new transmission, and basically redone the body and still had the car that I loved. But one of the cars I considered trading it in for was a Toyota Land Cruiser. There was a new one somewhat near to me, and I went, I test drove it, and I loved it, and I knew the reputation on those vehicles and that it would have lasted forever, but it was $85,000. Now, I went into it knowing that that $1,000 a month payment was ridiculous. But I didn't just dismiss it out of hand, say, I can't afford that, because I could have, but I would have had to make a lot of sacrifices. I could still find a way to do that. I would just be eating rice every day and not doing a lot of other things. So when I ultimately decided not to do it, it wasn't because I couldn't afford it. It was because it wasn't worth the sacrifices to me. And I think that that is a far better way to approach money and expensive things. Why did I buy this simple and expensive home? Because it was not the sacrifices on buying a bigger, more expensive home were not worth it to me. When you start to look at money as a tool, as a, a representation of your skill and your time that you've invested, when you start to see it that way, things become a lot different. You have far more opportunities and things become a lot more balanced. When people just say, I can't afford that, I'm broke, I'm, you're, you're putting yourself, you're painting yourself into a corner. There's always a way. If you're willing to work hard enough, there's always a way. You might have to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. You might have to roll out of bed and go load boxes at UPS, which, you know what, has always been a backup plan for me. It would be not doing the show, but if things got really bad for me, that's one of the first places I would go because, when what do they do? It's uh, five to nine. I think it's five to nine or four to eight in my area. I would be able to go do that for a few hours, and then I could go get a conventional job, and I would find a way, because there's always a way. How can I afford it? Don't bury your failures. Let them inspire you. See, I'm not a big fan of the word failure. Failure means you've stopped trying. Failure means you've given up. But they do exist. Um, I've had things that have failed, personal relationships that have failed. I've had aspects of businesses that have failed. Um, we could call, oh, what's a good example? I'm thinking, what was that factory I was working with? What were they making? Oh yeah, that's right. They were the precursor to the Taekwondo uniform we have and they didn't make the changes that I wanted. So I guess that was, but we found one ultimately. So I guess that wasn't a failure. But there are some products that were in development that I gave up on. So in a sense, you could call those failures. But I learned from them. I learned a lot about factories and working with Amazon, which I don't think we are going to do again. It is getting, you know, I was just reminded uh, yesterday, over the weekend, there was a Facebook memory that popped up and it was from two years ago. And it was about when Amazon made some changes and they flagged my mouth guards as hazardous and dealing with the pro the, just how frustrating that was for weeks. And now dealing with the same thing with 
this one size of Taekwondo uniform that they decided was a hazardous product. And it's been six weeks. I've been trying to get them to fix that. Now I'm just trying to get them to send them back to me. They don't care. I'm, I'm done with Amazon. It's not worth the time. I would rather sell less product and invest my time in something else because it just, it's not gonna happen. Amazon is not a small team's game anymore. It's a big team. You, you've got to have a big team at this point. If you're a little company like us, it's not working. They've gotten, they've gotten too big in the process, policies and processes they put in place that they need, they need to for the, the size that they are. Um, when a problem pops up, it's going to be really hard to fix it. So apologies to anyone who wants to buy things from us on Amazon. This is a great one. Okay. A lot of people do not invest in business. They invest in busyness, aka they purchase a job. This is one of my greatest weaknesses, and I've gotten a lot better. I really have. When I started out in business, I worked really, really, really hard. And I made sure I worked harder and more hours than anybody else around me, including my employees. But a lot of what I did didn't need to be done, didn't matter. And over the years, as I've found more importance in thoughtful work, creative work, work that moves the business forward, I've had to not work so many hours because my brain's fried. Like this flexibility program, I can't work an 18-hour day and then get up the next morning and wrap my head around that. Not because I'm not awake, but because my brain isn't ready, isn't at a point where it can generate creativity. And you maybe have heard the, the notion, work on your business, not in your business. Same idea. A lot of us do a lot of things that don't need to be done. And that's been one of my greatest efforts over the last few years. What don't I have to do? What can I not do? What can I avoid doing? What can I step back from? And I'm getting better at that. If you don't own your own business, you may not have as much flexibility in that. You may have people tell you, I need you to, I need the TPS reports. Office space. You do the TPS reports, because you don't have a choice. I don't have TPS reports. I don't do them. My team have very, very simple metrics that they need to get me when they invoice. Just real quick. What are the numbers on this and this? It's not anything complicated. Because that works. I don't need a complicated report. I don't need meetings after meetings. There's plenty to do. I'd rather you do, do the work than me meet and meet and meet and have a pre-meeting and a post-meeting. I hate meetings. Jeremy's corollary of meetings. The more people that attend, the less that gets done. Just get out of my way. gonna go thanks for watching or listening because yeah this is available on audio if you have things you want me to talk about 
drop them in the comment section below. If you're listening, you could email me instead, jeremy at whistlekick.com, and I'll get to them then. If you're new, we do the show every weekday, 6.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, here on YouTube. So you should probably hit the subscribe button, turn on notifications, because, you know, I go live a couple minutes ahead. Or at least I, I get it ready, so you get the little bell. That's me pantomiming a bell ringing to say, hey, Jeremy's going to drink coffee in public. You should go check that out. And if you want to support us, you can get a first cup mug, which I'm not drinking out of because it's in the dishwasher. At whistlekick.com, you can use the code podcast uh, first cup 15 to save 15% off that or anything else. We've got training programs at whistlekickprograms.com. That's where the flexibility program is going to end up. And we've also got a Patreon, patreon.com slash whistlekick. And you throw us some money and we'll throw you some original content you're not going to find anywhere else. Because that's how we do it. I hope you have a great day. I hope you leave me stuff in the comments section below once I'm done. And I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care, everyone. Peace.